Live in Everett podcast, where we explore good things in Everett, Washington. My name is Garrett Hunt. And I'm Tyler Chisholm. Welcome to the Live in Everett podcast, episode number 50, which is brought to you with support from People's Bank, a locally owned and operated independent community bank since 1921. For a higher level of service for all of your banking needs, visit them at their flagship branch right here in downtown Everett at 2702 Colby. So Tyler, what's up? Oh, what's up? Uh, let's see. We've never done this podcast in the morning, and right now we're recording in the morning, so I haven't really thought about this. Um, it's true. We're all waking up. Yeah, let's see. What's new? I didn't prepare for this whatsoever. I don't know. What's new with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you know this, but I don't think I've said it on the podcast, but Esther and I found out we're having a girl. And I also just signed up for a comedy class so I can work on my dad jokes. Oh, yeah, that's funny. The Corey Michaela's comedy class. And yeah. there'll be le- legit dad jokes instead of just bad dad jokes. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I'm keeping my expectations low. But, yeah, we had Corey Michaelis on the podcast uh, last year. And, yeah, he's doing a comedy class here in Everett. Um, we actually just put a post up on the blog the other day uh, for his Everett Comedy College. So I've never done stand-up before. I'm really terrified, and it's probably going to be horribly embarrassing, but uh, it should be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So on Friday night, we went to LJ's Bistro, which is in Lake Stevens, but I wanted to talk about this on the podcast. I don't know if anyone's ever been there, but it's like right across the trestle, and they've got this bomb happy hour, and I feel like everybody should go there and then try to convince them to open a place here in North Everett, because I don't want to have to leave Everett to go get their delicious food and drinks. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, have you been there yet? Uh, I did go there for happy hour once per your recommendation and, uh, it was pretty good. Nice. I mean, I didn't like write home about it, but. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was good. I mean. Did it not have the right balance of flavor? I can't even remember. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 think like... it, I think it was pretty good. Good. Yeah. No, no complaints. Good. So if you're not familiar with Live in Everett, you can learn more about everything we do over on our website, liveineverett.com. And one thing we do every single month is our monthly Evie Awards, where you can help us crown the best in Everett. And for this month's Evie Awards, we're voting on Everett's best pizza. Pretty heated subject. Uh, you can place your vote over on the website, liveineverett.com slash Evie. And that's E-V-V-Y. All right, so this week on the show we have an Everett Music legend, perhaps. Is that okay to say? Uh, Kevin Murphy of the Moon Doggies. Kevin and his band have been uh, making music since 2005 and have a new record coming out on April 13th. Uh, we're super excited to have him on the show today. Yes, indeed. I, I think you're a legend, Kevin. <laughs> like we were just talking about when, when you got here. I mean, you, you played a show at my old house back in, like that was around like 05, 06 when you guys were a new band. Yeah, I still have some so. photos. I've been following you guys for over a decade. I love your music and I'm stoked you're here. And so before we jump into things, um, quick shout out to one of our local sponsors, uh, McLean Insurance. Uh, they have launched a Community Champion Award, which is a monthly award recognizing regular folks uh, doing good things uh, here in the community. Uh, winners of the Community Champion Award get a micro grant and publicity in McLean's monthly newsletter. Uh, so if you have someone you want to nominate, you should do it. Uh, you can email your nomination uh, to McLean Insurance over at uh, team at autohomeboat.com. Yeah, so Kevin, thanks so much for being here today. Like Garrett said, we are legit fans. I've been a big fan of your music for a long time, and it's just a real cool thing to have you here on the show with us. Thanks for having me. And it's been, I don't know if you want people knowing this, but Kevin works at the co-op, so I see him all the time now, and I remember... 
when this is before I knew you or was even acquainted with you. And I was just a fanboy. I'd go in there. I went in there and I was like, holy crap, is that Kevin Murphy from the Moondoggies working at the co-op? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so thanks for being here. What is uh, your background in Everett? Well, I should say before uh, that one of our one of my first shows ever um, playing like after the punk band in high school was playing at the co-op because our guitarist John Pontrello worked there like 10, 12 years ago. Oh, nice. And so um, we, there was actually, and some of them there actually still remember him, but we we did one of those like appreciation days or something like 10th anniversary and played where that seating area is. And I think it was, he played stand up bass and I played acoustic while people were like checking out, you know, yeah, yeah. doing that thing where they're like, all right, I just got to get out of here. Like, <laughs> plan. like, I don't want, you know, it's, it's that kind of awkward thing yeah, yeah. in a show. But, um, so it's kind of full circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I love the co-op. They're a sponsor of living Everett and they're like the nicest people. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we love it there. Yeah. They rule. So are you born and raised here in Everett? South Everett. South Everett. <laughs> yeah. Um, represent. Murphy's corner actually oh, on, uh, fitting. one, one twenty ninth southeast so um yeah i was uh right behind silver lake elementary school i grew up right there before all the uh cement and fred meyer and all that stuff there was like a buffalo <laughs> buffalo farm, farm. yeah yeah that's where my wife kind of grew up was out there too sort of where Everton and snohomish meet yeah it was yeah. a little bit more snohomish vibe so when i describe it i'm like uh you know it's very suburban you know sprawl now but when we were there when we you know were growing up it was a little bit more uh there was lots of like woods and stuff to go, you know, yeah. play war in or whatever. Totally. Is it really Murphy's Corner out there? Is that the? Yeah, that's right. Because that, and that then it amp, is it where the AMPM is. Is uh, it was called Murphy's Corner, which I had heard actually was like a brothel a long time ago. Nice. And then it was a movie shop, and then around when I was born in the '85, it was an um, AMPM. So any coincidence, or it's just a coincidence that just your family's last name is Murphy? But I did not. I would totally play that up in <laughs> school, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. That's my corner. Stay off it. <laughs> so uh, take us back to when uh, the Moon Doggies were first starting out back around 2005. Uh, what was the Everett music scene like back then? Um. So around 2005, I had just, I guess. Let's see, we, it's kind of uh, complicated because we're, well, the Moondoggies are all friends from like high school, some even before. And so we were always kind of uh, connected in some way or playing music, whether it was like some, you know, our punk band or then we got into bluegrass and then we got it. So it's like I moved to Bellingham and uh, started writing and moved to Ketchikan, Alaska came back down to Everett and uh, I remember around that time it was just trying to um, get something going and um, when I was in high school and playing music you just played house shows or you rented out like community centers yeah and did did it that way and um, and Everett really uh, didn't have I mean you unless you were like in a metal band and you were and actually familiars which is my punk band did play at Jimmy's, Jimmy's Z's. yeah. Um, but it was kind of more that, like, world, and there wasn't necessarily... Um, there was a lot of, like, you know, 
uh, emo y whatever kind of bands that, you know, and everyone played together, um, and, you know, punk bands, high school, battle the bands kind of stuff. And then for a while, I mean, I remember a friend of mine, we were just talking about wanting some sort of like push and culture or whatever, like kind of what the initiative ended up doing. But, you know, I think like a lot of people, you're just like, you know what, we'll just, it's, we'll just, Seattle's not that far away. You just drive, you know. Right. And we had a tendency when in, in high school, we had uh, with the familiars where we would never know how we were going to get to our show until the day of. <laughs> and we were just like high school kids until we would always figure out a way. And it was kind of uh, obnoxious getting, you know, throwing all the drums and all that stuff. And we'd go play like, you know, what became the fun house, like Zach's and all those kinds of, you know, places. And, um, and so we just kind of moved away from maybe building up and you know, it was just like, let's just move to Seattle, um, mm-hmm. and kind of making it going the easy route. But there was a sense, which I'm kind of happy is, has, has changed a lot, which is like, you know, people want to, you know, people around here obviously want to go see live music. And, um, I think it was just out of frustration of not knowing if the audience or, you know, if like well, we used to drive to the Redmond firehouse or something. So we would just, you know, follow that route, you know, go find it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Go yeah, to the all sense. ages shows. Yeah. I want to hear more. I'm not familiar with the familiars, your high school punk band. What's up with that? Uh, they were, uh, just think, um, Stooges, MC five. Like, uh, I, I was a guitar player. We had a, my buddy, my buddy, John Parks was the singer and, uh, Moondoggy's guitarist, John Pontrello, uh, was the drummer. And then, um, we had a few different bassists and, Moondoggy's current bass player um, kind of came in the tail end of that. Is that Bob? Bobby, yeah. Bob, yeah, Bobby. Bob. Yeah, I remember him from Henry and I grew up in Marysville and the place we went and saw shows where it was either the Grange Hall that somebody rented out or there was this coffee shop called TLC oh, yeah. more. Do you remember that place? I remember seeing him, his old band there. The Gramantics. Gramantics, that's yeah. right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you remember that, Henry? Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, weird. Actually, when- funny about that is uh, I saw them at a house party and I was like, I have to steal that bass player. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was friends with Garrett, the drummer, and I was like, uh, you know, I was, <laughs> I was like, I need your, your bass player. You know, <laughs> like he was, and he just kind of floor, floored me. And, and Garrett ended up actually like, he's played, um, he played in the Fleet Foxes early on, and then he went on, and he's done like a bunch of cool projects. And uh, I think he lives in Everett now, but he's he works with Eric Blood a lot and stuff. So yeah, that's cool. Hmm. That's oh yeah, cool. small world. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so the Moon Doggies have been a band for pretty darn long time now. What's the key to keeping a band together uh, for that long? Well, it's kind of complicated like i don't um well i mean i don't know it's 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 tough because it to be honest like we aren't like we've toured a lot we've done a lot of that stuff but even within the last several years it's not like we've been super busy so it's not like we got really tired of each other and we've had that stuff and we know bob's left and come back and left and all that you know it's like we have uh to me, it's kind of like I, I'll, I'll sit there and write songs. And if you guys want to show up to practice, like, that's great, <laughs> you know. And uh, so it's not a matter. I think what's the difference between 
some bands that last a little like kind of burn out fast it's like sometimes you're you're just in a band you're not necessarily like best friends or you grew up together so like moondoggies were like we were kind of friends first and then it just so you know like i remember coming back from alaska and being really like anxious and just being like i need to get something going and then um bobby had all this gear in his garage and i knew carl had a good sense of rhythm so i was like carl you're gonna play drums and he wasn't really a drummer. And I was like, but you can do it. I know you're like a good dancer. You can like, you know, he's got, you know, he's got yeah. the rhythm. And I'm like, just sit down. I, play, I write really simple songs. Just hold the beat. And, um, and then Bobby had a Rhodes for, he got a Rhodes for Christmas. And when I came back from Alaska, Caleb had kind of moved on. And then um, I called him when he was on his way to his other band's practice. And he said, uh... <laughs> I was like, well, Bobby got a Rhodes. <laughs> and he's like, okay, just a sec. Calls out, he had the, his band doesn't know he's there. He calls him and says he's not coming. And then he drives up to Everett um, from Seattle and comes and plays with us. And then it just kind of kept going. Because I was really, you know, him and I were starting to write songs. After the punk band, I was like, I wanted to challenge myself a little bit more. And I'd kind of moved away from like riffy stuff and you know, listening to the band or whatever. And so I was just like kind of plugging away at that. And I was just trying to, I was sending him tapes while I was up there. And of course he wasn't even listening to them, right? Cause there were four track tapes and he'd put them in his car and like two of the tracks would be playing backwards, you know? <laughs> um, so he eventually, so I just had to like kind of keep getting him to come up and um, showing him how much like Carl was progressing and like, you know, Carl was, singing because we you know back in the day you'd sit around and drink and sing along to records and start singing harmonies and before you know it you're like what are we doing like i've always been kind of like you know i don't want to burn out like let's we got to go let's be proactive let's go do this and that you know with your group, crew of friends like some people are going to be like Ugh, whatever but like if you get some people to keep going you know you just want to keep uh because in the familiars like i thought we'd kind of Honestly, I thought that I peaked because, like, we were we got to play with Mud Honey. Like, we were like sixteen, seventeen year old kids, and wow. uh, we, you know, I sub pop. I was, you know, sniffing around, and so I was like, we broke up because, you know, John, the drummer, was like, I, I can't. Like, he played so hard and loud, and we were just always kind of falling apart. And it was really one of those things too, where we were suddenly one day like, I don't really. I love that music. I really do love, you know, I still listen to it, but it's like, or as like, you know, like Stooges and all that stuff. But I, I was suddenly like, I want to write all types of songs. Like, I don't want to be mm. just like a punk band. I want to be like, we can go quiet and we can go loud. And so um, that was one of those kind of moments. And I think our last sh uh, show, when the night we broke up, like I had asked the sound guy to set up a microphone and I was going to sing. And then I wussed out and it was just like everyone in the audience was like, that was a terrible show. Like you just <laughs> didn't know what you guys were doing. Like we, we were in this weird, like middle, like we're over this, but we want to go here, but we didn't put in the time yet and work on it. And it kind of fell apart. And that's when I was like, I need to actually sit down and spend some time writing songs. And, um, John just started picking up the banjo and guitar and then, I talked to him on the phone while I was in Alaska and he'd be playing me stuff. And I was like, Whoa, yeah. you know, he's like one of those guys, you throw a shoe at him. He'll like figure out a play. And yeah. you're just like, 
Okay. And he like, he taught himself pedal steel, like within a year and that stuff. I mean, I can't wrap my brain around it. So there's just like this want to just keep getting together and playing and see what happens and, you know, always kind of changing and, um, and trying to push ourselves. And, um, the, the core of that is kind of, uh, is me and my drive to, you know, cause I don't even know what, what, if I didn't like what everyone would be, but I just keep bugging people and being like, come, come sing with me, come do this. And I'm and, and trying to get the most out of it. And, um, and I have, you know, it's always going to be, you know, changing, you know, Caleb can't, you know, he's got three kids in a, in a business and he can't always like tour and Bobby doesn't like to tour. And so he's not going to all, you know, be there and that yeah. kind of stuff. But I, you know, for me, like I've, I've been doing this since I was at least live. I've been doing like since I was 15, you know, so I'm like, yeah. I'm kind of, uh, that's where my, my brain is like when I'm like thinking you know you know you're just sitting at home you're like thinking about music or thinking about writing or when it's not like you know chasing around the kiddos or something so it's just one of those like well if carl you want to come sing john what are you doing that kind of thing so yeah it's like, that's cool what um what's a moon doggy what how do you how do you name the band Oh, so the familiars actually were originally called the Moon Doggies. Oh, really? Oh. And then we called it. We were we were into D and D, and so you know the familiars or a familiar is like an animal companion. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that's why we called it that. Um, and then uh, we I'd seen that movie um, Gidget. It's like a '60s surf movie, and there's a surfer guy named Moon Doggy. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I just thought that was hilarious. He was like kind of the dumb surfer guy, and then it just kept coming up, and. Uh, like, uh, you know, one of the original Beatles names was like Johnny and the Moondogs. And this guy, one of the early uh, rock DJs, you'd call his audience Moondoggies. And it just was one of those things. And um, I just thought it was nice because it was like some of the songs that sometimes write, I felt like were a little like, uh, uh, I, you know, I was embarrassed if you're like, you know, you're a little like, is that a little over dramatic or whatever? So to me, it was like this need to like balance it out by having kind of a lighthearted, uh, less serious name. And I got, I've gotten, I still get like, people are like, your name's tar- terrible. And you're like, <laughs> well, I, uh, at that time in 2005, there was bands called like tomorrow's failure of forgotten, you know, like super dramatic. And you're just like, we're moon doggies. Like it's super lighthearted and like, because sometimes, sometimes you put an aspect of yourself in a song where you're like, that's a little, you know, especially, Vulnerable. yeah. And yeah. the like second and third records of ours were kind of a little oversharing in my mind and some of the stuff I was uh, working through, um, like drinking too much or any of that kind of stuff. So I felt like I've always liked that balance because we're also like not super serious in some ways you know i don't like it when people take themselves like too seriously like this is my art (laughs) yeah you definitely gotta strike a balance yeah for sure so you guys are one of the few everett bands that are signed to a label and you're on uh hardly art which is a offshoot of sub pop uh what, what was it like getting signed to a label oh it was really surreal i um to be, I still get really uh, fanboy about Jonathan 
Poneman, like quiet. I'm like over here in the corner, like that's the guy that signed Nirvana. Like mm. that's my favorite band. Like I, I grew, I mean, my like pinnacle moment in life, I remember, you know, like where you, there's like two moments and I think everyone kind of has them and you're just like, it's like you kind of get kind of shocked into something. And I remember it was with Nirvana and listening to, um, my sister had, you know, was playing smells like teen spirit over and over. And then it was just one of those, she had like bleach on a cassette and, um, I have, and I feel a lot of pride for that era of Seattle music. And, um, I feel like it was one of the last like truly pure rock, um, movements, you know, um, there's been a lot of great music since then, like, you know, and you know, like Detroit or something in the early aughts or something. But I just felt like Seattle was like the last great rock movement or something, um, pure movement. Mm -hmm. And, um, so being a, even just being, um, I don't know, getting kind of the nod of whatever from Jonathan Poneman, like has always felt really special to me. Like it's not lost on me anyways. Like mm. I just like, I feel very thankful to yeah. be, you know, given the opportunity. Um, so it's hardly art releasing your new record that's coming out. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, so that comes out April 13th and I was listening to it last night on Spotify over a box of wine and digging it a lot. Um, can you talk to us about the new record a little bit? Sure. Um, we, so it's called a love, a love sleeps deep. I love sleeps deep. Okay. And, uh, we, it's been like five years since the last record. And, uh, we basically set up our basement just to be able to record all the time. And, uh, we wrote probably like 30 something songs. And then it was, we're just like, these aren't good. Like, or, you know, at least you're like, you want to put a record out that you're proud of. And it ended up being kind of one of those things where, you know, we knew we needed to do it. I was, my whole world was changing. I, you know, started a family and got my head out of the, the booze and stuff and uh, w was kind of ready to, you know, start anew. And so it was kind of like, let's just not worry about stuff like, Let's not worry about where we are, you know, like we had a, we ended up being dropped by our booker cause it's like, you guys need to be touring. But I was like, we need to be like writing good songs. Like we need mm -hmm. to, uh, be putting our focus on that. Cause you know, you can get to a certain point where you're just like expected to write a record and you could just turn it out. You know, you could be like, well, it's got, it seems like it's, it's a Moondoggies album. And for us, we needed to go kind of deeper I needed to dig a little bit into like my you know the changes I was dealing with and uh and then it ended up like our, our manager Frank was like steering a lot of the ship too and like you know he'd be capturing you know these we just record all of our practices and he'd be like you need to go back to this song like that's something because I have always been a really bad judge of our stuff like it's like you know, we'll have songs on the first record that Caleb was like, what happened to that? And I'll be like, Oh, I don't know. Do you, do you liked it? And he's like, yeah, that was the the best thing on there. And it's like, Oh, okay. Cause you know, for writing, you just kind of write and then you don't, it's not necessarily like, Oh, that was a good song. Like you just like, okay, I don't know. I just, I felt connected to this one. Cause sometimes I'll like a song on a record and 
no one <laughs> that seems to be like yeah. the the one people don't but um so to me it was just like i want to make a record that um you want to keep making them better than the last but not sounding the same and also like i always felt i wanted to go a little bit further into the lyrics or something like sometimes we've written kind of goofy songs or uh sometimes they're over dramatic but i was like they're really self uh involved or something or just dealing with stuff and that was kind of taken away from me a little bit being a dad because I was you f- suddenly feel like a bigger picture aspect a little bit about saying at least like speaking your mind and so a lot of this record was put just like putting into perspective like uh, what's going on right now like what uh, where does where is that gonna like what kind of effect is that gonna have on her and and both of them and um, I just wanted to kind of tackle that stuff. And I never, I think I shied away or I'd always be kind of vague on records in the past or just kind of like tease stuff. And um, this record, I just wanted to kind of go for the throat with it. And really, um, uh, the lyrics were really important to me, like talking about different things and, you know, casual racism that, you know, people experience in the burbs and stuff and, uh, you know, people i actually somebody was like don't be political you know you just you want to uh be very welcoming and i'm just like that's a really uh uh easy thing for someone to say when they're like experiencing like they're it's not that bad for them and to me if anything uh it's it's important for people who um like you know, the, the being an ally, uh, it's it's more important because uh, you can speak to people that maybe don't have to hear it. Rather than if you're, you know, like I'd heard a a, a musician talking about escapism and how um, he'll leave that to other artists to talk about, you know, other, you know, like uh, Kendrick Lamar or whatever. But I was my, in my mind, I was like, well, a lot of those audiences don't like they're familiar with that and they don't necessarily like if you know if you're playing folk music you're gonna have probably like predominantly white audiences like maybe you do have an opportunity to be in front of an audience and just talk about things like you know uh that people need a little bit more nuance to because we're so black and white with our conversations right now and just um it just to me the whole escapist stuff i was kind of i feel a little burned out on and is really obnoxious but i understand the sentiment of like you're my entertainment i want you to make me feel comfortable and whatever but i think it's really uh it's privilege to be to come from that angle and also you if you're an artist you know you should just be speaking uh you know going th- through that like trying to understand and wrap your brain around it cuz one of the, the the second song on the uh, record was about like my girlfriend is Peruvian and she had experienced uh, very you know suburban Everett you know and I'm just Everett's an example but it's everywhere you know like casual mm-hmm. racism it's not that really you know out front and uh, it just it just made me so mad and I was just like mm-hmm. I I want I wanted songs on the record to have like teeth and you know there's another one it's the next single that I think it's coming out next week Soviet Barnfire and it was originally written about the slumlord over on Whidbey that we had to sue and uh, I realized that our president's like the biggest slumlord 
you know, it's like it's not a big transition. Like it's suddenly I realized the song was farther and farther about, you know, into a bigger thing rather than this guy who was like taking advantage of us and spewing his, you know, his rhetoric about the, you know, the Bible. And meanwhile, being like one of the least like Christian people you could ever meet because they, they're like ripping off this family, you know, it's like, mm. oh, man. and they feel like they're, you know, and they're super judgmental and all, you know, all this stuff. And, um, it just, it all like, yay. And I basically had a, like 10 years and five years. And that is all, a lot of that just like in the record and it felt really good. And I felt like there was, that's the kind of, I want to make records like, you know, that you putting, all, you know, you're, you're taking all this stuff and, and putting into it and, you know, and putting it out for people rather than just like black shoe or whatever, you know, like, yeah. and those are fun too, but I just, I, I need to feel like up on stage. I need, I need to be there. Like I need these things that I'm like, I can't just like write like, I love you, you know, like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and those are, you know, great, but. And I feel like, you know, some of the records were a little bit like, I'm sad. Yeah. You know, and I wanted it to push a little farther. And um, so this record, I feel like, and everybody on the, in the band put a little bit to like, you know, we'd be like, this song's good, but it's not great. And so when I listen to this new record, I feel a lot more like, I was listening to one of our old records and I was like, oh, I'm pitchy and blah, blah, blah. But I, I really actually can walk away from this record and I'm like, cool, let's go make another one, you know? So, hmm. and that, that might not translate. Some people might be like, this is your worst record, but I like it. <laughs> well, you, you got me excited. It sounds like you've put yeah. a lot of, a lot of thought and hard work into it. And I mean, music is powerful. You know, and I love, I love the, yeah, just the heart it sounds like you're putting into it. And yeah, I'm excited to hear more of it. Yeah, I do cool. think about what, you know, like in my band Tellers, when we go to write our next record, how like the political and social climate will definitely be part of it because it's so, um, it's almost all you can feel right now, you know, and it's like all that anyone's talking about. So yeah, that's, that's cool. I'm curious as to, you know, I know we're trying to like move things along here a little bit, but I want to just quickly, if you could, um, how do you think it just in terms of sound, not in terms of content, how has this, your sound progressed from Adios, I'm a ghost to uh, the new record? It's a little, I, I mean, I've been told it was, it's kind of jammier, but like ultimately like we are kind of a jam band, but we don't, necessarily jam if that makes sense like on stage we do a little bit but the way we write is we jam and like we just play and then you kind of capture moments and so i think we we let those kind of bleed onto the record a little bit like these kind of open points and like these ups and downs and i think we've always enjoyed writing like songs that are like have these dynamics but um there's yeah. a lot more breath, I feel like, in this record. Like, there's a lot of these, like, kind of slow, just bring it down. And and I I just feel like there was a little... There, I, we just try not to cut any corners either, too. Like, I feel like sometimes you're like, oh, that word's fine. Yeah. You know, and, you're, and there's nothing wrong with, like, being really simple and things being kind of uh, just off the cuff or whatever but i think when for us that's just what i wasn't going for that this time and 
Um, but I don't know. I, I, it's, it's the thing about when you want to make different records every time is you're going to have people who are like, I like that record. Yeah. yeah I yeah. like that record. Some people don't like Tidelands. Some people only like Tidelands. So I don't, you know, you're just like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. What, uh, before we, uh, move off the band stuff, just kind of one last question, unless you guys have anything else I'm thinking, um, curious as to what advice you'd have for a newer crop of Everett bands. Uh, don't take yourself too seriously, but in the, you know, in the right way, um, I think band culture can be kind of, uh, be kind of frustrating sometimes the whole like, uh, element of that or like, you know, caring what, you know, it's about the status or whatever. It's just like work on the, the, the songs and the, the, you know, the project is like that's your most important thing. And it's like, there's a lot of stuff you can't really control. And there's like a lot of like, to me, it's like, you just gotta, you gotta grind it out too. Like, you know, I've been playing since I was like 15 and it's always up and down and it's nice, you know, to be, you know, you guys say nice things, but to me, you know, I go home and I'm like, you know, I go to work and I have kids and it's not like, you know, and I have friends who I feel like are, you know, Oh, they do this for a living, but I'm, you know, to me, I'm still in like a, some other middle place, but I'm actually, I'm like very happy that I get to have that place to go and write songs. And I think that's the key. And you just kind of have to find it, that happiness for yourself because, um, to me, it was like a long time. It took a long time to find that, that joy again, because when we made our first record, I didn't, I didn't think anyone would pay attention and then um i got really uncomfortable when i know when it was like getting played on kxp and stuff and i was like people i didn't know were coming you know and then it became like i don't know anymore like you know you start thinking should i be doing this and people start trying to tell you what you should do but you just gotta be you gotta have fun and you gotta enjoy it and then all the rest is just like whatever but even then you know like hustle you know do do what you got to do like no one cares except for you you know in a way so it's like i would just tell people um don't yeah don't take yourself too seriously in the in the wrong way like that can rub people the wrong way you know so mm-hmm. yeah good advice so uh we got a few ever questions for you yeah. uh, these are questions we ask to all of our guests and the first one is how have you seen Everett change uh since you've been here which i guess is your whole life well i was More or less. gone for i was i mean like i lived in seattle and and bellingham and all that so it was right, it right. was a basically from like 2004 to uh 2015 maybe i was kind of gone so it was kind of right. weird to come back and you know every music initiative is that wasn't there mm-hmm. and that's really awesome um i i feel like there's i don't know if it's just more even like i feel like in the last year but i noticed like more hip cats or something like wandering into the the co-op or something i, I just Everett's always been kind of sleepy like burb town to me and i feel like maybe with everyone getting kicked out of Seattle and stuff, people might be uh, relocating. And that's, and I think it's awesome because there's a part of me that's like, Everett can be a little too sleepy at times. 
but also you know in five years everyone will be like crap i want that back or yeah something. yeah but, we talk about that yeah what do you think everett's best kept secret is mm. carol k came from everett that's a you know i always think that's a big deal yeah <laughs> um and said so kenny loggins no i don't know uh <laughs> I, legends. I i feel kind of bad in in that like uh whatever is happening in Everett, like right now, like I live, I live this really like simple, you know, like I walk to the co-op and I walk home and I hang out with my kids and I practice twice a week and I just have this like path that I go. And it's not like I hear about all the cool stuff or like, I've never been inside the anchor. I've oh, been, wow. Yeah. I've been here wow. for like two years or three years. I don't even know anymore, but so I do feel a little bit, um, disconnected in that w- the culture of it but i i do like i feel proud to be you know like going out on the road and saying like hey we're the moondogs from everett yeah that's cool um so whatever way i can help (laughs) that's awesome uh do you think everett is misunderstood and if so why well a lot of people in seattle will be like oh it's up by bellingham or like oh it's really far away you drive all the way there and you're like it's 25 minutes it's not like you get some good podcasts listening on like, you know, like yeah. it's not yeah. that far, but I think once you're in that bubble, it seems farther. Um, and a lot of people didn't, would never stop there. I remember, I feel like it used to be stinkier or something. Like people would say like I drove mm-hmm. past Everett, it smells or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't, um, I feel like people are starting and it might be the initiative. It might be, uh, you know, a lot of companies or businesses moving here, but I feel like, it's definitely the conversation is changing when you talk to other people. They're like, they're a little bit more like Tacoma esque, where they go, Oh, I heard there's some cool stuff going on there, you know, rather than right. like Everett. Yeah. Ew, yeah. Yeah. What do you think Everett needs, if anything? Just to keep going. I think, I mean, I just, I, I do like that there is a lot more um, people being creative and, and doing all that, like the initiative. Um, I just wanted to keep going. I think that stuff's really good um, for for po- for folks' mental health and you know, like being a, going to shows and livability and yeah, yeah. I think uh, it brings up the the enjoyment um, level of being in a community. For sure. What is your greatest hope for Everett's future? Oh. Um, I think it's kind of on the same in, uh, in line with that. Like, um, I mean, there's some darkness here too. You know, there's a lot of, uh, I know, you know, just drugs and I know that, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a like kind of a feeling of like a darkness here sometimes, at least for me and with the kiddos and walking around or something. And I think that kind of stuff, um, I just saw that like Snohomish County had like voted against like safe needle. I'm just like, do you guys not read like cause and effect? Like these people need help or and like, you know, it's just very black and white, the discussion about that. And it makes me sad because you want to live in places that are like uh, progressive and understand that like actually when you invest in people like the, you have better outcomes and more, it's more of a civil like people get the help they need and people just want to write off and be like oh this is tweakered bill yeah and you're like right. uh well you're not helping anything by just 
dismissing what people like are struggling with or that and then they're not gonna until they have like a kid who's like uh oh they were prescribed that and then they go down some dark path and you're just like now it matters because you actually see the how layered and nuanced things are and how it's not as simple as like those are druggies and those are whatever and I think I you know and I was talking about the uh like casual racism and all that kind of stuff like there is stuff you deal with when the outside cities and the burbs where it's like a lack of empathy sometimes or an acceptance you know that it makes it makes me like angry we're so black and white and uh and things are you know in in both ways like the left and right and you're just like I you know I just want to have these conversations so we can make places more enjoyable and I have kids and I want them to feel comfortable and you know and and you know two little girls and and there's so much that we still have to deal with with you know equality and and all that so a microcosm it's like they say like when you're younger you you want to you know change the world and then you kind of you're like oh you just got to make your neighborhood you got to take care of your neighborhood you got to clean up your corner and stuff so it to me is like a microcosm of the big questions and so you know when i think of everett i do think of like you know wanting to be hopeful that you are somewhere where you're making the right you know people are thinking progressively and wanting to fix things rather than just dismissing and yeah so it's a long rant yeah no sure. it's good it's good no, i think well um, yeah yeah i think i'm thinking of what kind of skills i want to develop now you know at this phase of adulthood and i think one of the most important things that we can be working on as individuals is like the ability to listen and try to see both sides of the coin so we can have a discussion like what you said it's on both sides you know the pendulum is either swinging really far uh to the left or to the right of like all all topics you know but if we could develop skills to like just try to meet in the middle even if we disagree to like be able to talk to each other i think that that would help you know so yeah, that's I like that answer. Um, let's play a game. Uh, yeah, let's lighten it up. Uh, we play. Sorry, I'm, like, I'm like one of those people who's always been like kind of the morbid guy, who like wants to talk about it, and it's just like, yeah, no, all right, it's a little over serious. And I think that's where I, you no, know, when it's I was good. talking about the, you know, making the records and finding yourself going to one way, and you're like, all right, we got to lighten the mood right over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're an artist, you know, and you've got things to say, and this is like, this is who you are, and it's good. I'm, I'm grateful for the. Um, but we are going to lighten it up with a game. Um, we call this game Fast Favorites. Uh, I'll put 60 seconds on the clock. Garrett will ask you five questions, and if you answer them in 60 seconds, you'll win a uh, prize from the Tote Bag of Mystery. So uh, I'm ready if you guys are ready. All right. Ready, Kevin? Yeah. Okay. Where is your favorite place to eat? Oh, crap. Um, my house. <laughs> favorite place to drink? Uh, well, I like, uh, I don't drink anymore. So narrative, get some coffee. Nice. Uh, favorite place to watch the sunset. Oh, I always, whenever I'm leaving the co-op during the summer, it's like the beautiful, like walk right there and oh, yeah. seeing the sunset. So actually this is real quick. My, you know, this time of year, it's starting to be light at that, at eight o'clock at night. So Tick. I'm starting to see it. Tick. Okay. Go ahead. Tick. <laughs> favorite word to describe Everett. <laughs> Whatever. It. Uh, favorite thing to do when you have free time. Uh, play music. Did nice. Make it? Yeah, he made it just barely. He's about to go into a big tangent about sunsets, but yeah. we had to reel him in. <laughs> I, I do love that view right by the co-op there. Yeah, it's like right it's, when I'm leaving, I'm like, oh, yes. 
guess it's you know sunsets man all right you get to pick one prize out of the bag of mystery here there might be some small stuff in oh boom <laughs> license plate cover good things right. happen here it's going on the van nice bought a bang the band van mm-hmm. oh great that's awesome that's a real honor yes. the one that my all my neighbors hate <laughs> 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 awesome all right so before we cut you loose any asks of our audience um you got the record coming out uh april 13th where can people uh listen to it and all that stuff well i would highly recommend uh going and supporting your local record stores and buying it um i know we're in the the age of spotify and all that so i know you're gonna i know you are gonna go and check it out there so if you you know Support your support the artists out there and go buy the the music if you like it. Um, go out to shows and support as much as you can because people don't buy music anymore. So they gotta if you like you vote with your dollar if you like it. Go show some love. Where's your album release? Uh, the show? Neptune, April thirteenth, and then uh, um, then we hit the road uh, down the coast and Austin and whatnot, all that. So cool. Cool. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks uh, for having me. And thanks everyone for listening to the Live and Everett podcast. We would love to hear from you. Send us feedback, tips, or whatever you want. Uh, drop us a line at podcast at liveandeverett.com. If you're listening on iTunes, take a minute to rate us. It helps a ton. You can keep up with all the good things happening around Everett by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter, The Weekly Goodness, uh, which goes out every single Monday and it's packed full of upcoming events, our latest podcast, and videos of the week a recap of what's new on the blog, uh, all that good stuff. You can subscribe uh, to The Weekly Goodness for free at liveandeverett.com slash subscribe. Thanks again to Kevin Murphy from the Moondoggies for joining us today. Special thanks to the band Oliver Elf Army for our theme music and to our producer Henry J, which, by the way, you can catch Henry's show, Mysterio Wire, every Friday night at 8.30 p.m. on 90.7 KSER. Good things happen in Everett because of you. So thanks so much for listening and being a part of this awesome city. Have a great week, everyone. This is why we're Everett till the grave.